and gentlemen, welcome to another Just Yelting Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Thursday night! Woo, a little bit of a delay there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. Oh, sorry. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific cover himself, Zelius. Cheers. Wait, cheers, good sir. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is the Thursday Night Hangout. This is a live show where we try our best every single week to cover the topics most important to you. But if you have not uh, submitted your topic, your question, whatever it may be, just yet, have no fear. All you got to do is drop in the chat, and we'll try to add it to the show. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. That also being said, if at any point you have any thoughts, opinions, or criticisms about what myself, Charlie, or Zelius have to say, please put it in the chat so we can add it to the show to make it an even more amazing show. More amazing? Is that even possible, sir? I hope so. Uh, but I. But before we jump in, I do want to point out that uh, there will not be a show next week. I will. No. Be, yes, there will not be a show on October the twentieth. Uh, I will be at the Kevin Smith traveling screening of uh, Clerks Three, where he does live Q and A afterwards. Therefore, I will not be here for the show. Well, I guess that's as rational a reason as one could possibly imagine, given us to crazy stuff. Yes, indeed. Um, also, if you've noted, if you were following, if you're following us on any of our social media, um, social media sites, uh, you may have noticed that I did make a post about merchandise. Uh, merchandise. Alter Confusion has two pieces of merchandise now available for your pleasure. Uh, I personally, I mean, I'd love for you to go over there and, and buy the merch today. Uh, it's a vinyl sticker and a hat. Uh, there will be more later, uh, but you may want to um, slow your roll just for this weekend. And I probably, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be showcasing it either Sunday night or Tuesday night during the stream. Uh, the hat and vinyl sticker it's on its way from Texas. So there you go. I'm not exactly sure what Zealys is looking at, but it looks, it almost looked for a second there that he had a blue screen of death. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. He has blue screen of death, yet I can still see his face. I'm trying to find this link that I missed. Oh, dear. I think it's on Discord. I think it's also on Facebook. Yep, I just found it. Aha. That was a slacker. Terrible, Zealys. Terrible. Anyways, um, so let's jump into some of the stuff that's happened this week. Uh, the first uh, topic is Torchlight Infinite has now gone into open beta. Now you can play it on your phone or your PC. It's not the only free-to-play action RPG that came out this week. Also, Undecemberist, the worst video game game ever, also came out this week. Video game name ever, right? That's what you said. Yes. Now the okay. video I've been playing it. It's actually it's not a bad hack. And, it's your typical hack and slash. Mm -hmm. um, not bad, I would say. It's I've been enjoying playing it. Um, I've ended up playing. I've been playing Undecember on my PC, mm -hmm. but I've been playing Torchlight on my phone. Okay, so I've been playing Torchlight on my PC. So, uh, Zelius, I want I want to hear what you think of it from the phone perspective. 
I think it depends a lot on your class, honestly. Um, like Warrior first, it just seemed a little bit janky, a little bit like moving around and doing weapon skills just didn't seem very smooth, I would say, on the phone. Um, but then I tried the next, I tried the dwarf. I didn't enjoy that experience on the phone either, it just seemed weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I tried the sorceress. I know that's not what Ember Mage, I think it's what's called in the game. Yeah. Um, and I like the Ember Mage on the phone, actually. The Ember Mage feels right. And I think it's because it's the distance type of class mm-hmm. where you can just kind of sit back there and just kind of shoot fireballs, maybe do a little blink backwards. Um, the one thing I do enjoy about it, it's kind of two different philosophies of like towards like infinite versus undecember. December, like you're never using like healing potions with you have a finite supply of and you kind of have to think about what you're doing mm-hmm. whereas i feel like in torchlight like you're almost overpowered but in a fun way if that makes sense um because some games like you're op and it's just like boring and not enjoyable but i feel like torchlight kind of got the gameplay in that regard fun where i feel like i'm just like obliterating mobs but like i know i'm powerful and it feels mm-hmm. fun so, yeah, I'm like in so far. I haven't got very far, um, mainly because I've tried like four different classes because I also tried the gun dude who feels just like the Ember Mage so far. Um, one thing I find weird is that like the first number of levels for like a bunch of your characters get like the same skills. Like they all get this like fire sentry thing. And it's just kind of weird that like there's so much skill overlap versus all having like unique skills has been kind of like an interesting design choice to me where i'm like okay i guess i had the same choice for my ember mage i have the same skill for my dwarf guy and i have the same skill for the shooter guy um so i just it's interesting to me that they went that route um but yeah so far it's fun um we'll see where it goes uh, we are one of our viewers in the audience. Clark uh, has pointed out that he also has jumped on board with this game. Like I said, I played it on the PC, uh, and I've only played the the the, the gunner, the the, of course the, the hunter, the ranger, whatever. And yeah, they all have weird names in this my, game. They're not my like... biggest. My my biggest. Oh, uh, he's an Ember Mage. Oh, laugh. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm enjoying the Ember Mage on phone. Actually, I t- okay so. I think the the biggest hurdle that I've had to overcome with this game is that it feels like it needs to be on the phone. Um, everything is uh, controlled by, well, not everything, but basically to move is your left mouse uh, button. You basically point and click. Uh, right is going to be your attack. Uh, and then your skills, uh, I had to remap that because I kept fucking up, because I kept <laughs> dying because, like... The, the the four skills you have uh, were mapped to Q, W, E, and R. Yep. And I was like, I, I, de- like, I kept hitting the wrong button at the wrong time. So I've now remapped it to one, two, three, four. What's um, interesting is so Undecember has the exact same movement scheme, um, where it's mouse only. And so it's like, is this like a choice that developers have made where if they're developing for both the I never played Diablo Immortal on the PC because right. it's just I was not entertained by Diablo Immortal at all, honestly. Right. Um, even though I tried it, 
but like I never played on the PC, so I'm kind of curious. Did the PC have the same thing where you used your mouse? Because I do like I've kind of got used to it now, um, but I also do play with the um, gamepad, the um, an Xbox controller mm-hmm. on on December on the PC. Ah, God, I wish I could use a controller in Torchlight Infinite. That'd make it. I, it would... Did, I haven't looked. Does it have controller support at all on the PC? No. Ah, no. It's literally point click. Um, you know, I. So I mean, my biggest my biggest qualm is that I don't know. It just it feels a little janky. Um, yeah. Now, that being said, I'm I'm already level ten. Now. What I felt like on the phone versus the PC, I felt like the PC version played much slower. Like the action wasn't as frenetic mm-hmm. as it was on the phone. And I think it's just due to the real estate space. Like in the real estate space on your phone, it's all like, you know, it's a little like what, like two by four inch block. So right. it feels like it's all in your face. Whereas it felt a lot more slower paced on the PC. And I know it's like, just like a perception thing, but it was just kind of like, huh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I've learned about the PC version is I in in areas that I'm I am just now exploring, I um I inch by inch along until I could see um the like the ver- like the toes of my enemies, and then I shoot from there. One thing I do like about Torchlight is the skilled nodes. Like, so, I mean, think a lot of game. So when you level up in Torchlight, you get skills where you can upgrade, like, your attack or your defense or whatever. And, like, your upgrades in Torchlight are, like, double-digit percentages. Like, they're huge. Whereas, either like, most games, like, oh, you got a plus attack 2% on your level up. Yeah. Congratulations. It's like, thanks. Whereas in Torchlight, it's like, nope, like one skill node is like 24% attack power. I'm like, damn. Yeah. So I kind of like that. Um, it's really funny. So if you ever play Warrior, it's actually kind of hilarious because they have the leap ability, like the leap stomp, which in most games has like a three to five second cooldown, depending on your action RPG. Nope. Nope. I think it's like a millisecond cooldown in Torchlight. So you can literally be like in a pogo stick jumping around as a warrior in infinite and it's actually kind of hilarious yeah well let's see infinite no I, I i mean i played a little bit with infinite of course i played the demon hunter i think so i i i don't know i just i like ranged uh no, characters that that's that's fair now i feel like the range for me it works if, like, you have the power to kill enemies before mm-hmm. they get to you or pretty quickly. And so, like, Torchlight, I feel like that. Like, kind of to your point, though, like, as long as you're not, like, running up to the enemy, yeah. generally speaking, if you give enough stuff, like, line of sight, you can kind of, you know, whittle them down by the time they get to you. Whereas, like, on December, if you're playing, like, a range and, like, you kind of try the same thing, nope, they're going to all be on you. So I'm like, Okay, what's the point of playing a range character if they're all just going to be like on top of me, anyways? Well, so at that point, I'm like, screw it, I'm just playing a warrior. 
You know what the funny thing is? Is uh, at the same time, of course, if you if you haven't noticed, I've been playing a lot of dot hack gu recode uh, for the PC, nice. and um, oh my god, what I wouldn't give for the ability to do ranged attack! Holy uh. shit! Because even like in in dot hack, I am notorious for just grinding early on so that I could basically. When they have those story missions, I'm already so far ahead that it's not even funny. However, if the enemy is flying, I'm still, mm. I, I'm not going to die, but it's just, it drags out the fight because I can't reach him unless I time it just right for when, um, you know, when, when they come down. Clark, should you get into dot .hack games? Yes, I think so. But then again, um... I, I I was I played I've got all the original PlayStation Two, uh the first one the all of the original Dot Hack and then the Dot Hack GU, uh, GU's on the PC uh, as GU recoded, or recode, um, I I loved that um, I would say yes but uh, if you are having thoughts about maybe jumping in, I would recommend that you go to our Twitch channel and you can view one of my previous streams of me playing the game and you can see if if it's for you or not. It's not, I mean, it's, it. you can see that there's some age on it, uh, especially when it comes to combat, uh, but it is really freaking spooky when you read the, they, 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 in Dot .hack, you're playing as a person who sometimes logs into a MMORPG. And when you're not in the MMO, you've got these, this like, um, you've got forums that you can read. Uh, they'll give you hints and stuff. And then there's also the, these news feeds. And the really creepy thing is these news feeds, like the shit that's going on is shit that has either happened or potentially is happening right now in the world. So Ooh. you're kind of like, Ooh, someone got it right. But you know, um, yeah, so I mean, those are the two games that I've been playing a shit ton of. I've now completely taken Cyberpunk, uh, twenty seventy seven completely out of rotation, just because I've basically was rinsing and repeating. Even with the different uh, starting character type, I'm just the story has gone back to what it was, and I'm just kind of like, what, what should you know? I, I'm not doing anything new, though, and and uh, it is nice that I can. Uh, accidentally or jump off of things and I haven't done an instant death even if I was if it was only two feet off the ground but you know now, the one thing I'm still interested to see I haven't got yeah. far enough yet is in Torchlight to see what can you do with the skills that go with the main like so you got your four core skills yep. the, um, supports yep. skills and what can you what kind of fun builds will we be able to create using those is kind of what I'm going to be curious about yeah yeah. Um, hopefully do some interesting things. True, true. So, uh, speaking of jumping off of things, let's go into the very next story. And this one... Are we jumping off of a bridge? No. Uh, this one actually revolves around a convention uh, that just happened this past weekend uh, called TwitchCon. And it happened mm. in San Diego, I, believe, I do believe. Uh, that's in California. Um, and... Uh, I would love to say that there's, you know, it's all good news. It's all rainbows and lollipops. But the fact of the matter is the story that is coming out of this revolves around a um, 
a foam pit that was sponsored by Lenovo and Intel. Uh, and this foam pit, uh, which is basically a pit filled with these little foam blocks, and they would invite um, streamers and then, of course, convention goers to basically have this kind of American gladiator style deal where you would then fall into this foam pit. Yep. Sounds fun. However, it turns out that this foam pit was more like an injury pit of doom. Well, um, that's good. There, there were multiple reports of uh, sprained ankles, dislocated knees, and the worst was a girl broke two different places up in her back. Ouch. Um, now, of course, uh, Lenovo has come out and they said, you know, we, we took, you know, we closed it down. But they also stated that most of the injuries were caused by uh, misuse of the the area. Well, it's a foam pit. Of course, you're going to misuse it. Right. But here's the thing. And this this is this is key. Uh, one of the streamers, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, uh, basically said, yeah, I was in the foam pit. Uh, I fell I fell off the, the platform into the foam pit. He's like, my back is still killing me, but I'll tell you this. When I stand up with my foot at the bottom of the foam pit, it ba- those that foam pit barely comes up to my knees. That's like two, maybe three feet. That's like, uh, yeah, it's like two, maybe two and a half feet of foam. That's not much, honestly. That's not enough. Because no. pe- like people are jumping off of the thing and going in there. Um, so the good news is the girl who did break her back at two different places, uh, does have full range of motion. Um, the bad thing is that, uh, she still needs a lot of assistance getting up and moving around because duh, lots of pain. And of course, I'll be very interested to see whose wallets this money comes out of. Cause you know, there's going to be lawsuits galore because that video of course has gone viral because it's TwitchCon, everybody's streaming uh, on social media for a social, you know, basically social media platform convention. Yep, that's uh, unfortunate. I feel crappy for her. I mean, they're just out there trying to have a good time doing the Twitch stuff. Um, and then this happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, unfortunate. So, I mean, I mean, come on. So, who, whoever put this thing together? I mean, you really have to half-ass it to to not think. Okay, they're going to be jumping off these platforms. Oh, by the way, the Who's platformers, the, the the platforms they're jumping off of, are at least four feet up from the floor. It was totally like a random intern who they're just like, "Oh, hey, you go. We forgot. We need these pits. Uh, go buy some foam tiles from Michaels and make this." Yeah, it's just it was poorly executed, poorly done. So. We'll see what comes of that. Mm, yep, and hope they uh, hope they get better from that because that is definitely not the outcome you're looking for. No, absolutely not. Now, speaking of outcomes that you you well, <laughs> Clark, <laughs> goddamn Michaels. Yeah. Well, know, the other thing is, I don't know. Like those those foam, there were foam squares. And so I'm thinking, you know, even that doesn't seem smart to jump into a pit full of whatever. Uh, see, there's so many reasons why Michael's better than ho- Hobby. 
It's called Hobby Lobby, by the way, not Hobby Town. Thank you. I was like, Hobby Town does not sound yeah, it's right. Hobby Lobby. Yes, Hobby Lobby. There, yes. There's several issues that we're not we we're going to avoid on this show, but Michael's is definitely better than Hobby Lobby. Um, now things that should have been avoided but continue to happen. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Activision Blizzard is back in the news with another sexual harassment lawsuit. Yay! I'm shocked. Oh no! The company that has basically been nicknamed uh, was it Frat Boy Central at this point for their Frat Boy Tastic uh, endeavors, and of course their Bill Cosby room uh, that was featured. Um, there is a Hobby Town. <laughs> I'm not. To- I'm not totally crazy. It actually exists. Okay. Well, there there's one go. in like Kennesaw. Well, there you go. Um, Fun. But yes, Activision Blizzard is faced with yet another lawsuit uh, of sexual harassment and misconduct and uh, sexual battery um, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Okay, here's the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, it is okay. It's absolutely okay to have friends of all shapes, sizes, genders, religions, whatever. It is not okay to abuse those relationships with those people, with anybody. Um, if you had a romantic relationship at one point, that does not entitle you to be basically start it back up at any time with someone who is now working at your company or help. Doesn't even have to work at your company. Stop it. Just, just stop. Um, the only, so, so basically they did release the, the lady's name, uh, that the lawsuit is, who's filing the lawsuit, uh, but they did release uh, the name of the evildoer, um, which for some reason, I can't remember his first name, but it's Vega is his second name, or his last name, I should say. Uh, and he was the, the only silver lining, which this should, nev- this should never have happened, but after years of abuse, finally, when she decided to go to HR, HR did fire him within 10 days. But I think I think at that point, uh, Activision Blizzard were was already in such hot water that they had to do things fast. So I don't want to say that Activision Blizzard was like, oh, of course, this is always the right thing to do. I think they're like, well, shit, we're already underneath the microscope. We definitely got to get this guy out of here. It's more like what is going to cause the least amount of lawsuits to our company without <laughs> what, costing us money? What's, what's going to slow down? the amount of lawsuits coming in to our company. Yes. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is, a, this is still the time where Microsoft is trying to uh, purchase that company. My favorite part about that is where Sony is all like, this is anti-competitive and it's going to hurt gaming and all this stuff. And it's like, Sony, really? You're the one saying that? Yeah. Of all the companies, like, you know, if an indie dev wants to say that, sure. But Sony, yeah, criming a freaking river when you're the one doing that. When you're like the king of exclusives in buying up developers just so they're only on your platform. And then yeah. shutting them down. And then, yeah. and then uh, keeping the name, but not the company. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time taking Sony seriously when they're complaining about Microsoft. Kettle black oh this is like scorched black yeah, it's, it's just black it's like it's there's massive burn marks from the daily 
trudging that comes out of the lowly intern's coffee maker. Clark apparently wants to go to Hobbytown. Yeah, that's why I liked it. I'm like, see, I'm not totally crazy. Well, there you go. Uh, anyways, so, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, at this point, I mean, I've been, Helping someone out doesn't entitle you to whatever you think you deserve. I deserve the world. Well, there you go, Zelius. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Rose says no. Well, I guess she's my world right now, so it'll have to do. Clark says that uh, Overwatch 2 is pretty fun. And, oh, nice. Um. Uh, also, friend of the show, uh, Dr. Ryan from uh, Hero Chiropractic, also has been playing uh, Overwatch 2 on, I believe, his PlayStation and on his Switch. He is hmm. happy to report that you can truly play cross-platform. So you nice. can play uh, people who are on different consoles. Because uh, uh, if you remember a couple of weeks back, we were... Uh, we were reading over how Blizzard was wearing things. It's like, yes, you have cross-platform progression where you can play your character or your account on any platform. But then it got a little bit vague when it came to actual, like, you could play other consoles. But happy to report, that's actually a thing. However, um, the I don't I don't know if it's trolls or if it's you know if it's truly uh, gamers, but. Overwatch 2 is still taking a shit ton of heat. It's one of those things. So, like, I still follow the... I haven't played Overwatch 2, but I still follow the Overwatch forums, like, on Reddit. And it's largely just people... It honestly comes down to the Battle Pass. That's what people are bitching about, is the Battle Pass. I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't even see posts about, like, the gameplay. Um, I Yeah, I heard that Torben Bastion. Apparently, Zarya destroys Total Mayhem. Because she has infinite bubble. Um, infinite bubble. But like, infinite bubble. But like, I think the biggest complaint I've seen about Overwatch 2 is it's basically Overwatch reskinned with more monetization, really, what it comes down to. It's not like it's a new game um, where it's like improved maps and improved graphics and all this other cool, crazy stuff. It's basically just reskinned to help improve the monetization income for Blizzard is really what it comes down to um, versus a better gameplay experience from Overwatch 1 is everything I've seen about Overwatch 2. So um, to kind of piggyback off that, uh, when I was having a conversation with Dr. Ryan, of course, of Hero Chiropractic here in the, the greater Atlanta area, um, he his said his biggest qualm was the the monetization that was basically slapping him in the face, as well as um the there is one little gotcha when it comes to playing uh Overwatch 2 on the Switch. And that is it is locked at 30 frames. Ah. Instead of 60 on the PlayStation, whatever number yeah. we're on for PlayStation. Uh Sorry, go on. I was just going to say that I asked Clark uh, if if he thought it was a big improvement between Overwatch 
one and Overwatch two. He says it reminds me of going Left for Dead to Left for Dead two. Very similar, but a progression. I feel like I think the biggest complaints are from Overwatch one players, where the game was given to you. You purchased the game, yep. but all the characters and all that stuff was there. But it was also a different type of progression because even like with loot boxes, when you got your coins, mm-hmm. like you could basically unlock any non-seasonal skin. Yeah. Where things are now watched behind the battle pass and characters if you're not constantly playing in Overwatch 2. And I think that's where a lot of the complaints come from is people who came from the world of OW1 where it's just, here you go. If you want to look skins, more power to you. Versus now in Overwatch 2, and remember, you're only in the first season where the new hero was given to everybody for free if you logged in, which I should probably log in just so I have it just in case. Um, versus future seasons, if you do not do the paid battle pass, you have to grind to unlock that character. Which, to be fair, is like MOBAs. I mean, pretty much every MOBA is that way, where you're not just given every single character in the game you have to grind to unlock them unless like pal not paladins what's their moba not paladin like smite we pay i remember how much i paid i know you paid it too to basically have every god unlocked forever so that's an option the founder pack the founder pack so like i know we both paid to have them just perpetually unlocked but with overwatch you basically have to do the ongoing battle pass to keep that going if you don't want to also grind to get new characters when they come out. Of course, the argument is with Overwatch 1, they basically stopped making money off the game. Well, they stopped cute. doing anything with the game and then tried to continue to have their pro league. Well, it's a, I mean, it's the chicken and the egg issue, though. I mean, if you don't have a good income stream for the game, because people are buying loot boxes in mass, because why? Right. Yeah. Um, there was no need to. So it's the chicken and egg. We're okay. You're not bringing in income. So your gaming as a service is not really making money to create that service for the gamer. So you stop making products. So it all spirals downward. Whereas the whole idea of the battle pass system in Overwatch 2 is you continue creating a income incentive for your gamers to pay for so they can continue to put out products right. and keep it alive. So uh, Clark says, also remember that the Overwatch community is toxic as fuck. To be honest with you, most gaming communities, if they are not, or even if they are super happy, there's some huge toxicity pits in there. Um, like what? Like I looked at what? What competitive first video game is not toxic as fuck? That's what I like. Really, I mean, like right. I mean, MOBAs are notorious, I and mean, that's why I stopped playing Smite was because of how toxic it was. Um, we all know, like, Dota's terrible because they're all leadist. Um, of course, you got League of Legends, which is just accessible. I mean, they just are. And you want to go like, see it. Riot Games was trying some things to 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 make to sound like they were dealing with toxicity. I don't know if the shit actually worked, but um... so speaking of to- so random tangent, yeah, back to. We were talking with the free-to-play um, action RPGs yep. with on December and Torchlight. Yep. The one big difference I've seen is Torchlight, you can't do chat until level 10. 
So no, I my, not... my chat as soon as you got to the first city, that chat popped up in the bottom window. I haven't seen like, and disable, disable. But I haven't seen the massive gold sellers in Torchlight yet. To be fair, uh, yeah. I, well, I wouldn't know because, like I said, as soon as it popped up, I I I went into options and turned off both chats. I'm like, I'm soloing. I don't need to know, you know, everyone's gripe because because here's the beauty. Here's the the most asinine, stupid thing that always happens, especially in open betas or even closed betas, is people will spam the chat with, "God, this game sucks." This game is so terrible. We should probably be playing this game. They go play the other fucking game. So well, I was going to say, then you have the opposite of on December, mm -hmm. which you can do global chat as soon as you start playing, basically. So as soon as you start at level two, because you do like the first little prologue, they're immediately gold sellers. And that's all chat is. And I'm like, have we learned nothing in video games yet? Like, <laughs> Create like literally even just a low 10 level barrier to be able to log in and do global chat mm -hmm. because that's another, and I know it's going to come to torchlight eventually because it comes to every game. Um, but it's like at least have some barrier of entry to be able to do the global chat. I mean, hell, I'd be fine if it was like level 30. I'd be fine chat. if like, it was really? level 10,000 and the cap is at 60. Oh. Good lord! I've been. I, actually, I fucking hate dealing with the. I've not of seen bullshit. that. I've not seen that torchlight. I've not seen the. Oh, I should be playing. I don't know Diablo Four or Diablo Immortal or Path of Exile. It's all been positive chat that I've seen so far in Torchlight. Now the only okay, so the. The, the reason why I know that there was chat was that I did read it for once. And the only gripe that I saw that was constantly going is what was the, the native language for the dialogue? Cause it can't be English. And to be honest with you, you're probably right because some of the, the dialogue makes no fucking sense or it's just so grammatically poorly done. Oh, on December is terrible. It's definitely a Korean first game. Mm -hmm. And like some of the sentences make zero logical sense. Like, I don't know what this character is actually saying. How, but but oh, here's, yeah. here's, here's, here's one gripe uh, about Torchlight because we went back to it. But anyways, uh, my one gripe is when I go into the, the first city or, whatever, or camp or whatever the hell you want to call it, when I talk to someone and it's got multiple options, I want to be able to finish that conversation and then select another option. Not talk to the person and then get kicked out, have to hit the D button for dialogue uh, to then reinitiate it, then select the thing, do the dialogue, then it drops me back out, then I got to select dialogue, I got to talk to the person again. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. I Just just, just, just let me do multiple selections. Final Fantasy fourteen does the same thing. Like, you have retainers in fourteen, and, like, when you want to exit out, you have to hit, like, your button two or three times and there's like a half second lag each time you press it. And so you end up pressing over and over and because you press it too fast, you end up going back into your retainer's inventory. You're like, damn it, no! So, yes, I hate when video games do that exactly what you're talking about. It's like, really, guys? Like, the first time, sure, I get it. You want me to have that 
familiar experience with an oh, NPC. Clark saying, don't be talking smack about Final Fantasy XIV. Clark, you know what I'm talking about with retainers? You had to have done it. We were trying to get out of that stupid retainer, and you hit B or escape, whatever you're using, like eight times to hurry up, and you end up selecting that retainer again. We, he, we've he's, all he's a white mage for life. Ugh. Oh, them fighting words. The uh, white mage. Anyways, um, what was that? Shit, now I completely. And he says, oh, the dialogue system is dumb. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, you know, every single show, we, we take a couple minutes or moments to thank the beautiful, amazing people that help Alter Confusion um, be what Alter Confusion is today. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want to pause real quick and do some friends of the show, and let's as we always start off, let's do the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences at Traveling Booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships with local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. Now, the next shout-out that we've got to give is to a man that we met at a convention that shall not be named. And that, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously Wet Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. Noodle Boy! Now, I've been giving this guy shout-outs all show, but I'm going to do it one more time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore. The company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible and most importantly suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. Now, the next shout-out um, goes out to, uh, some people would understand this, but to a red coat. Uh, and this shout-out goes to Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alter Confusion. Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. And Josh was an awesome dude who I think I met at DragonCon the couple of times I went where DragonCon told me I'd have Fantable three days before the actual convention. All right, the final shout-out we got to give to give out is Agile Axiom. By day, Ax leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. 
But while not in meetings, and many times during, he is the Agile Evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading Agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, ineffective work, and bad habits. For more information, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you, too, would love to be part of Alter Confusion, say you want to be a friend of the show, get the shout out. Also, help support Alter Confusion in some uh, monthly subscription way. Ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion survives on the love of support of viewers or fans like you. And that is why then so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, interdimensional beings, gods, demons, alien supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. Currently, we have two different levels. There is the $1 level, that's $1 a month, or $12 a year. What that will get you is access to Patreon patron-only posts, um, which could be uh, secret news or polls or questions for you amazing people. And it'll also gain you early access to all of our playthroughs. Now, if you're feeling a little bit frisky, you can bump it up to the $5 a month. That's $5 a month or $60 a year tier. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also get your name or organization added to the thank you section of every single Thursday night hangout. So if that is the route you want to go, I would love to add you to the, the friends of the show section so we can thank you properly. So many tears, so little time. And... Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to point out that I'm still trying to figure out a potential third tier that may have, like, physical merchandise as part of it. But uh, before that happens, you know, I want to make sure that I've got all my ducks in a row. All right. What the merchandise was ducks? Rubber duckies? Yeah. Fusion branded rubber duckies. I I think it was something. something. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to proudly say that we have been fundraising for Extra Life for 11 straight years. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, game, to help sick and injured children at their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money that we raise through Extra Life will go directly to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the, mo- the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org and search for Alter Confusion today. Speaking of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, there is an event that Children's Healthcare of Atlanta does every single year. Um... Uh, let me make sure I get this right. On Friday, October 21st, uh, Children's Healthcare Atlanta will be participating in something called Cape Day. Cape Day? Cape Day, C-A-P-E. Um, Cape Day is an annual tradition that encourages the community to honor and celebrate the strong and resilient patients facing illnesses and injuries at Children's uh, Children's. Healthcare of Atlanta. Every day, our patients overcome healthcare obstacles and face challenges that most of us could never imagine. We wear a cape in honor of them. So, ladies and gentlemen, 
I do want to point out that Ultra Confusion has purchased not one, not two, but three capes for Cape Day, which I will be, uh, here's, here's what the cape looks like. Uh, I will be wearing this cape and, of course, be posting it on social media all over the place, as well as my kids. They both nice. have capes as well uh, to help celebrate Cape Day for an amazing or amazing hospital that I, of course, frequented when I was little. And, of course, my kids have also gone to many, many times as so well. So you're saying they, too, will be superheroes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now... Ladies and gentlemen, I do want to point out that if perhaps you want to support Alter Confusion, but you don't want to do it in a monetary sense, perhaps you want to send something to Alter Confusion for Alter Confusion to showcase on one of our shows. Uh, it could be during the Thursday Night Hangout, or if it's super duper cool, we might actually give you your own unboxing YouTube video. So, what? ladies and gentlemen, if you do want to send something Alter Confusion's way, all you got to do is send it to 1551 Dunwoody. That's D U N W O O D Y. Village Parkway, and the next part is super important, super duper duper important, in fact, and that is number 88276. That number, 88276, is the P.O. Box number. You don't put that there, it doesn't get to us. The city, once again, is Dunwoody, D-U-N-W-O-D-Y, state is Georgia, zip code is 30338. Or you can also send cat treats. Sure. And I will feed them to my dog. Oh! It's cruel. It's cruel. <laughs> They're both me and your dog. Let's be honest. True, probably. Actually, your dog would probably eat anything. No, let's be honest. Yes, yes, he he probably will. Uh, at least he'll sample everything. Hmm. He may not. Oh, you can eat also it as feed it to your kids. Some of them will eat anything. That's true. That's true. Just put in applesauce like my parents did. Yeah, it doesn't happen all the time in my house. We give we give out applesauce too much to try to mask medicine. They're they're wising up to it. All right, so uh, on to the next story. The next story, and this is just super duper quick because they've been super duper cryptic about it. Um, Kojima Production Games, uh, the cup the um, the company and mastermind uh, Kojima uh, behind uh, Death Stranding uh, is coming out with a new game. No one knows what the fuck it is, but what you, but what they have said or revealed is that Elle Fanning is going to be one of the featured uh, actresses that will be part of this, which makes me, look, Death Stranded was, it's not a game for everyone, but it was good. And Norman Reedus, can't go wrong. Um, so I'm very interested to see what, what he's got in store for us. Um, speaking of Coach with Productions, uh, he had... I don't know if they're still doing it, but um, at the time, a couple months ago, there was a pre-sale uh, for, let's see if I can grab it here, for a um, a little something uh, that basically, uh, it's called a Luden's Peace Mark Unit. Um, Luden's, uh, of course, was from Death Stranding, but I'm showing this off. Uh, Zealys probably can't see it because he's probably not, he's, uh, yeah. But anyways, it's a, it's a peace sign, um, uh, and all the profits from this went uh, as are going to uh, the Ukraine uh, relief fund. So That's fair. I just got it. I think I just got it this over the weekend. Uh, it's super duper light. 
I have to say it's super light, but it looks hefty from when you just lifted it. Yeah, no, it, it, it looks hefty, but it's actually really light. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what it's actually made of, but it's pretty freaking sweet. Not going to lie. It you should wear sweet. that with the cape, sir. Yeah, man. That I will. That I will. All right. So we have two, to- we have two questions uh, that were given to me via social media means, and I want to bring them up because we have time. Um, the first one is Zelius, in your opinion, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, anyone in the audience can also uh, add your two cents to this. It doesn't have to be just Zelius's answer. Actually, I'd probably prefer if it's not just Zelius's answer. Whoa, 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 Sorry, whoa, Zelius, but that's whoa. how I roll, man. All right, so what makes a good horror movie or horror game, in your opinion? Oh, ah, uh, oh. Because, <laughs> sir, I don't play a lot of horror games, to be honest. But from people who play horror games, um, if it really is a horror game, yep. it really is about that sense of you're basically fucking going to die and you don't know what's coming next. Um, like, we were just talking about Torchlight in December. Like, you know what's coming. Like. Yeah. You know, you step forward and there's minions who you'll kill in one shot. Life is good. Mm-hmm. Whereas you play a good horror game, whether it's in space or it's a creepy cemetery or somebody's basement, you don't know that next turn. There may or may not be a zombie with a chainsaw. That's part of the beauty. And somehow they magically appear you and decide to try to chop your head off. I think that's, and it's also, it's not only that, but it's also that immersion. Um, like a classic isometric horror action rpg would be kind of dumb because you don't really get that immersion Mm -hmm. but a lot of like those horror games think about like they're either like right over the shoulder or like first person it's like you feel like you're in that creepy cemetery so when all of a sudden like some crazy lunatic with a triangle hat comes running out with the chainsaw you feel like your life is actually threatened um and i think lighting is also a huge part of it you think about like a lot of the games like they're not all bright and shiny, like happy. It's like they're dark and foreboding. And you better hope that your lantern does not run out of light or you're screwed. Um, it's kind of how is like I said, I don't play horror games because I don't like having nightmares and they scare me. And I live alone, so no. But knowing people who played them, I think that's for me. And I think the key is. It's really that atmosphere. Like, you know, we play, I play action RPGs because of the gameplay. Yep. The atmosphere, meh, whatever. They're usually pretty terrible, to be honest. Oh, no, you're in another desert. Oh, no, you're in another random snowscape. They're usually not that interesting. Right. But in a good horror game, you really have to have that right atmosphere. Gameplay helps. But to me, it's very different. What are you going for as a developer? You have that that right atmosphere, or you're just not gonna have a successful horror because you the whole point of a good horror video games to share the shit out of your gamer. Like that's what you're going for. And that's why if you're playing horror games, I would think that's why you're playing them. Versus like a movie, you have many different types of horror type of movies you're going for. I mean, you got like the original exorcist that you know feeds into our existential knowledge of like the demon spirits in this world or something like freddy krueger in our nightmares mm-hmm. um 
all the way to something like Scream, which took and flipped the entire horror movie genre on its head. But it was such a well-done plot where it worked. I'm just totally annoying the rest of the series. Um, so I think it depends on what you're going for in those horror movies. Um, or you take, like, obviously Saw, which is torture porn, basically. Mm-hmm. But still, like, I would actually say probably one of the best Saw type of movies is actually Hostile. Because it really feeds into, like, the reason it worked in hostels because, like, this could actually happen. Like, you could be in, like, some foreign country and get, like, tagged and basically put into this, like, pit of doom or whatever is going on in hostel. And I think that's why in a torture porn movie, like, that's why those actually kind of work in a creepy kind of way because it feeds in. That's, like, The Exorcist. That's what worked for us. Well. So they kind of, like, in an actual, I'm scaring the crap out of you. Mm-hmm. I think that's what works in a horror movie is it feeds into human psychology and what we think could happen. I remember as a kid, I saw fire in the sky. That scared the shit. I mean, I thought it was going to be talked about aliens for like two years. I, I could, I could see that. I, I still have like memories of like the scene in the movie where the needle is going into the guy's eye on the spaceship. So for me, that's like my movie of like, Nope. No desire to ever see fire in the sky ever again. So, uh, um, for me, I, I'm I'm gonna basically echo a lot of what you said, Zelis. Uh, I think you know when. It, okay, let's start with video games now. Horror video games. I have definitely uh, dipped my toe deep into that water from time to time. Uh, and one of the things that Zelis said was lighting. And oh dear God, yes. Um, it's okay. I mean, yes. If the entire movie or sorry, video game is like dark, that's fine. Uh, and but if you have the entire video game has all the lights on, it's got to be something spectacularly crazy for it to be in my opinion a good horror movie uh, or sorry, horror game. Uh case of point, uh Death Space 1, Death Space 2. Creepy shit, you can hear stuff off camera. It's very dark. It's you can't really see too far but in dead space 3 they're like you know what f it even though we've got these pretty candles lit to you know give you some ambiance and some spooky ambiance we're gonna turn all the fucking lights on and to me that it, it basically took this the like the the horror piece out of it and just became a generic space shooter um mm. i i i i think what what's interesting is that um the, the individual who who um, who gave me this question actually does not like horror games and horror movies with jump scares, which I don't. Hmm. In my opinion, I'm like that's that's what gets me. That's the sh- that's the stuff that crawls underneath my skin is, is the jump scare because then, especially if it's something that's that kind of looks realistic, uh, my imagination because. Uh, I also play. I only play horror games at night with all the lights out because I want the full effect. Okay, um, but you know, so the jump scare. I mean, that's what really brings it home to me because when I'm, when I stop playing the game, and like I hear like a small weird sound, something that doesn't sound exactly right. That that you know, it got me again. I'm not even playing the game. Uh, there's a game called Condemned. It was on the original Ooh. Xbox. And it is the only game that after playing it, I had to turn on every single fucking light in my apartment because I lived in Orlando at the time. 
because I was afraid, which made no sense whatsoever, because the walls that basically I was afraid someone's going to bust through the walls with like uh, a huge piece of rebar with concrete on the end and bash my head in, uh, which made no sense whatsoever, because if if you had ever seen my Orlando apartment, uh, they would have either had to be in my bedroom or in the uh, the air duct or in my washer and dryer. Because uh, the rest of it was like external walls. So they would have literally had to have been levitating because I lived on the second floor. I mean, video games, you never know. Right, exactly. Um, I, I do want to I want to clear one thing up, though, Zelius. Uh, the, the pyramid head had a huge sword. Uh, the sack heads had the chainsaws. Just want to clean that up. Uh, but that was Silent Hill? No, that's uh, that's Resident Evil. No, well, I thought okay. the pyramid heads so, were also so the sack though, head. So, okay, you're right. Silent Hill was pyramid head. Uh, sack head was Resident Evil. Okay, there we go. There you go. Um, but anyways, uh, I think for a movie, for me, once again, I it's it's that suspense. It's the the unknown. And to be honest with you, the the more I don't want to say it all has to happen off a of camera, but there is one hmm. movie, and I know a lot of people are like, "It's the stupidest thing in the world." But there is one movie that to this day I won't rewatch. Well, one, because the cat's out of the bag on the movie. And I think that that really does something for, for me. It kind of, I think that's my problem with horror movies is I can, yes, technically I could watch a horror movie over and over again. But if I know all of the, you know, the ins and outs and all the surprises, I'm not going to, you know, it's just not going to be the same for me. The movie that got me good was uh, The Blair Witch Project. Uh, mm. And at the time, it was um, they hadn't revealed that it was actually acted out. So um, I think that was back in high school for us. And or was it? I believe it was high school. And or or was was it actually acted out? I don't know. Um, but uh, but the the stuff that happened just off camera, the shit that went down. Uh, I was actually, uh, when I was in high school, I was actually an avid uh, cross-country runner. And so a lot of the cross-country training paths that I had to run looked like scenes from Blair Witch Project. And so I'll, I'll fully admit, I ran a lot faster that summer because <laughs> I was afraid shit was going to happen. I mean, I never saw Blair Witch Project. I remember it was a big freaking deal at the time, but I never actually saw it. Yeah, I I mean, what that was probably the last movie for anyone who who lives or lived in the Atlanta area back in like the nineties. Um, uh, there was uh, Premier Mall used to have like a three screen or two screen theater, like basically yep. on the corner of the property, and that's where I saw yep. the Blair Witch Project. Oh man, that was that was back in the day when Premier had a movie theater. Still, yep. damn. But you know, I, I to, for me, um, Zealys, you're absolutely right. You can't do an isometric horror game. I mean, you technically could, but it would be it would have to be in. It would definitely have to be in like surround sound type of environment, and it would have to be just the scariest fucking story that's ever been told. Because you're not gonna, you're not gonna graphically get that. I guess it's also kind of like, what do you? going for so maybe it's also you know let's say a hack and slash horror game 
Yep. Well, maybe it's more like, you know, a Resident Evil type of movie. Where right. you think about it. like Resident Evil Four is kind of like a horror type of movie where shit could pop out and you or horror game I should say where shit yep. pop out you didn't know. But the video games, I mean, the movies nobody would say the Resident Evil movies are horror movies. So maybe the same thing with like the isometric RPG, where maybe it's not necessarily gonna scare you out of your pants, but it still kind of has that almost like a grim, dark, dark grim, grim dawn, grim dawn. That's grim the dawn, game. Yeah. Um, Grim Dawn type of game where it's that more ethereal type of feel um, than your typical, you know, hack and slash where you're just killing generic baddies. Clark says, call it the Cthulhu. <laughs> um, the tabletop RPG. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I well, actually know that's not, well, technically, okay, so would be perfect for isometric Baldur's Gate. Yeah, because I mean, you have that RPG style. You have that immersion because those type of RPGs like Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, etc. That's all about that immersion. It's still tricky though with that isometric to actually get the. I just scared the shit out of you. Right. Uh, speaking of Baldur's Gate uh, and Icewind Dale and all that stuff, uh, I do want to point out uh, that they. Uh, Humble Bundle is doing a uh, a Humble Bundle uh, that that surrounds those RPGs and other RPGs. Um, uh, I think it was uh, Planescape Torment, um, all of the Oshwin Dales, um, Baldur's Gates, and Neverwinter Nights for like 20 bucks or something. Uh, which I have to admit, uh, well, I'll, I'll fully admit, I bought that. I, I I own that whole thing. So speaking of games that aren't new, mm -hmm. but been out for a while, in mm -hmm. kind of blow mind, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, it's getting a remake. Horizon? Wait, what? Yes, like what? Why? No, Sony's told us that like Horizon Zero Dawn is getting a remake. Um, with improved graphics and all the cherries on top. And it's like, what? How long has the game been out? Four years. Or sorry, five years, I guess. Came out in like 2017. I mean, it's still a absolutely beautiful PS4 game. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Which kind of going with video games blows my mind. Because like, think about some of like a game like Condemned. Or some of these horror games that you know worked well in the old school consoles. Imagine how much more immersion you just straight out freakiness you could get with a modern remake of some of these horror games to really scare the, the heckles out of people. Yeah. No, no, I yeah, I mean it. I mean, and I guess that's why it's like I mean it was a great game, but does not need a remake, and there's so many classic games that do need a remake. I mean, hell, all of the probably games you find on Hundle Bundle there with the Baldur's Gate, they all need a beautiful remake. Yes. Um, and that's like, that's what needs to be remade of these classics. Well, to be totally honest with you, if, if you want a remake uh, of like Icewind Dale, then you need to do, oh, shit, I just, I just forgot the name of the damn game. Pillars of Eternity. Because that's, that's yeah. the spiritual successor. You also have Kingmaker, I think is what it's called. Maybe. 
Um, there's another one that's very much in kind of that same path. Oh, sorry, that's why it's a Pathfinder version. So yeah. it's Pathfinder Kingmaker, where it's the same type of party asymmetric RPG, but it's the Pathfinder series instead of D and D. Which is nothing wrong with that. It's it's still a D twenty system. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, I played the first. There's a second one. I forget what it's called, but I played the first Pathfinder. It's a good game. And now Wrath of the Righteous. Yeah, I've I haven't played Wrath of the Righteous. Um, I've heard Wrath of the Righteous basically improves on everything in Kingmaker. So it's like, hmm. It's dope. Yeah. Mark so it's dope. May uh, have to be checking that out. Yeah, so um I guess in summation, you know, there's there's a couple key things from both of us that we think it required for uh, a horror game or a successful horror movie. Now, of course, there's always there's always could be something new. Um, the the thing that that I find really really cool, and th- and this is probably why I'm so still attached to this game, Alan Wake, is that Alan Wake the it is definitely a horror game. However, the main focus or the main mechanic was not violence. I mean, there was violence towards you, Jesus Christ, yes. But you weren't, you know, you were trying to blow everyone away. Um, your strongest weapon was your flashlight because mm. the, the, the shadowy creatures could not get in the beam of light, mm. which was dope. Although one of the expansions or one of the DLCs was absolute trash. I don't remember which one it was, but it was absolute trash. Is it good that they tried making it into an action game? No, it's just like it's just like a puzzle something or rather. I don't know. Uh, mm. But of course, Alan Wake 2, whenever the fuck that comes out, I will be buying it day one. I will also be buying uh, the Dead Space remake day one, which uh, no. you can. I, I don't know. I don't know if you could pre-order it yet, but you could definitely put it on your wish list on Steam uh, mm. for uh, um, Dead Space. Let me see if I can find it. Dead Space, Dead Space. Because I, ju- I just added it. There it is. Uh, they're saying the release date currently is January 27, 2023. Uh, so at the end of January, you may not see me for a bit. This is or, there. or you could just buy Dead Space 3 for a third of the price. Or I could stab myself in the eyes and save myself the, the, the uh, irreparable damage of remembering how terrible that game was. But it's three, so therefore it's three times as good as the first Dead Space. Isn't that how sequels work? Or I could just take Dead Space 1 and 2 out of the Tupperware bin I've got over there and just throw it in my PlayStation 3. I could just play those again. There you go. Shazam! However, I am very inter- I, I'm very interested to see what they do with this remake. All right. Like, yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we do have one last question, and this one... It was a. It's a question, so we're gonna put it out there. I I have some thoughts about it, but anyways, um, can a good can a great soundtrack save a movie slash game slash TV show? Zealous. I don't know if it can save it. To be honest, I think it can make it. Um, I think we have to look no further than. Um. Stranger Things, yes. with the now famous Metallica scene, I think that totally 
encapsulated what Stranger Things was. Or you take a movie like Interstellar, which was a great movie, and then you put that soundtrack in the theater, and it's just holy shit. Like, so maybe that's, I think, where I'm going. Maybe I don't think a good soundtrack is going to bring a like shitty movie all of a sudden good. Like, right. it just doesn't work that way. Right. But a great soundtrack definitely brings a movie from like, wow, this is a good movie to like, this is now an iconic movie. And I guess to me, that's kind of what Interstellar is, mm-hmm. where it goes from like, this is a good movie, McConaughey does this thing, to the soundtrack where they're going through space, and you're just like, whoa. Or that scene in Stranger Things is like, dude. Or they might even like Pirates of the Caribbean with the song that everybody freaking knows. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely movies um, where, or like, you know, you have that song in Lord of the Rings where at the end you have Gandalf and them riding over or where they're riding on the um, mounts uh, of the Rohan and they have that song playing. And it's like, you just know shit's about to go down good stuff right. so i definitely think that music enhances the product but i don't think it's going to necessarily be able to make a good movie suddenly good i, I don't think that's the case yeah I, I i totally agree i think i think that a good or sorry a great soundtrack can take something that's good or great to the to even a higher level um Case in point, um, I mean, there's there's so many. Um, gonna be totally honest with you. Um, at, if you've been with us on our Thursday night hangouts for years, you will know that I am a purist, and I do not really enjoy the Harry Potter movies. That being said, uh, the Harry Potter soundtrack is phenomenal. Um, the the Pan's Labyrinth soundtrack is phenomenal um i think that that there are definitely movies that are able to just like transcend because of the music that is added to the the soundtrack also video games as well uh my best example is final fantasy 7 Aerith's theme to this fucking day i will get teary-eyed when i hear that song because it i'm so emotionally attached to that in that way um i believe the uh the the person who asked this question um was referencing the rocky rocky horror picture uh, picture show which uh what's I, I as i've stated before i've never actually seen it i know it's crazy i i've like i know half the fucking music because it's <laughs> that because uh, boom soundtrack hello uh but i don't know can, I think that's a little bit different. Like that wouldn't sorry, be Clark. a movie without the soundtrack. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that is kind of the purpose of it. It'd be like taking um, School of Rock and being like, well, you know, the plot was okay, but the movie saved it. It's like, well, the music is the plot. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 but, it'd be like a musical without music. Like, yeah. I don't know how you would pull it off, but. I think yeah, we're giving you a new challenge. I mean, the other thing is, the other thing you have to take into consideration because the Rocky Horror Picture Show, when it came out, was an absolute flop. However, the cult following for that shit now is insane. Where they have full reenactments, where they throw shit at the t- the the movie screen. I mean, I don't throw stuff at the screen, but I know the dude at the Strand in Marietta. Mm-hmm. So, 
I think it is trickier in video games, though, because, like, you know, if you're, you know, let's just take Hans Zimmer in a movie, mm -hmm. you know, like, what the scene is and what emotion you're trying to elicit from your listeners. Right. And it's not like, you know, or take, like, Duel of the Fate in um, Star Wars. Yep. Like, you're all of a sudden not going to fast forward through the lightsaber duel in the movie, right? Yep. Like, you just don't do that. Whereas in video games... You got people like me who are just going to fast forward through all the chat dialogue because I don't read. Um, so I think unskippable cutscenes, motherfucker. Uh, Alt F4. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess you're not playing that game anymore. So I think that's the tricky part in video games is creating a moment that like the gamer is going to not want to skip and still want to listen to that soundtrack. Right. Very difficult. And that's where I think Clark would probably agree. That's why I've always been one thing that impressed Final Fantasy 14 is some of the music they create. Like, yep, I'm not skipping this. I'm just going to chill out here and listen to some of this music. And that's super hard to do. I think it's harder to do in a video game than in TV or movies, to be honest, because of the unpredictable, because you have to plan your music around the unpredictability yeah, yeah. of gamers because you don't know how your gamer is going to react to what's going on. I mean, what if they skip that entire cutscene or they don't even go, I mean, you can force them to go to that zone, obviously, but there's so many different elements to account for in a video game that I think it's actually harder in a video game to do that personally. Well, I'm thinking, you know, thinking about it, I think one of the the I guess the best genres to make the gamer listen to the soundtrack fighting games because it's mm. all of the uh, it's all the stage song or stage soundtracks. I can see that because because I, um, I I am I'm a button masher. I'll fully admit it. I'm a full on button masher. I do not have no rhyme or reason. I'm not gonna figure out counters and shit to your punches and kicks, but the soundtrack for Guilty Gear, oh, that's a good soundtrack. Holy shit, it's a good soundtrack. So, you know, I, I, I think, I think we we can all agree that it won't save a movie. It's like the um, there there are two movies back in the '90s that I could think of that have phenomenal soundtracks, but it's not like I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I have to go back and and watch the movie. Uh, one is the faculty, which is a horror movie, and the second one was the 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 U.S. Uh, first attempt at Godzilla with uh, Matthew Broderick, which was pretty bad, but the soundtrack was pretty sweet. Um, you know, it's interesting though. Think about it, the reverse, hmm. particularly TVs or movies can I wouldn't say save, but resurrect music. Um, I mean, true. think about, I was actually thinking, um, of Wayne's world yep. with, um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. I mean, it was always famous song, but it really brought Bohemian Rhapsody into the stratosphere mm -hmm. or, you know, any of the eighties music that's been played in stranger things. Now, all of a sudden it's like a whole new generation of TV watchers are being introduced to music they'd never seen. So that's I true. think maybe the reverse is more true where you know or um a great soundtrack i think it was the 2000s was gross point blank mm -hmm. yep. um where i had a bunch of the 80s and 90s music where yep. people probably didn't know so i think 
done right, a movie or TV series can definitely introduce people to music they would not know otherwise. Guardians oh, of yeah, Galaxy. Guardians yeah, Galaxy. absolutely. That's yeah. No, no, yeah. I, I think I think you're right. I think if we were to turn this question around to uh, can a great or good uh, movie slash game slash TV series um, resurrect, uh, uh, you know, songs on a soundtrack or, or yeah. re introduce or reintroduce uh, music to the mainstream? Because, I mean, obviously, Stranger Things, phenomenal show. But when they did when Metallica, like when boosh, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> That was next level. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that that would probably be the better uh, question and answer is that I think good or great movies slash video games slash TV shows can absolutely uh, resurrect or reintroduce uh, music to the mainstream mindset. All right, uh, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, unfortunately, I believe we've reached the end of our show. Uh, I do want to remind everyone that, unfortunately, uh, next week, uh, next Thursday, which is October 20th, 2022, uh, there will not be a Thursday Night Hangout. Uh, I will be at the uh, Clerks 3 uh, Kevin Smith touring show where he's doing Q&A afterwards. So uh, that's where I'll be. Uh, but have no fear. If you have any questions or comments uh, or topics that you want to have on the next Thursday Hangout, by all means, hit us up through any of our social media, and we will add it to the list, which might make for a very long uh, following Thursday show. Uh, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zilis, it's been a pleasure giving everything to come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back in two weeks for another Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother.